All right, welcome to John Bound Politics in your eardrums. John Bound Politics number 33. It is February the 12th, 2020. And to begin things, I would like to read for you a passage from Andrew Breitbart's book, Righteous Indignation. Because recent tragedy once again struck the Breitbart universe when Andrew's 91-year-old former father-in-law, actor and comedian Orson Bean, was struck down by a car, as SFGate reported. The Los Angeles County Coroner's Office confirmed Bean's Friday night death, saying it was being investigated as a traffic-related fatality. The coroner's office provided the location where Bean was found, which matched reports from police. A man was crossing the road outside of a crosswalk in the Venice neighborhood when he was clipped by a vehicle and fell, LAPD officer Drake Madison said. A second driver then struck him in what police say was the fatal collision. Both drivers remained on the scene. Neither was impaired and Bean's death was being treated as an accident. So Orson Bean's death doesn't appear to be under the same nefarious circumstances as those of Andrew Breitbart's, but it is tragic. It was Orson Bean that helped to remove the blinders from his son-in-law Andrew Breitbart's leftist tunnel vision, and it's especially important to me because I experienced the same awakening in the early 2000s, which was gradually nurtured by my own conservative in-laws but also my awareness of propaganda taking hold of my own reality, my own working reality within media. My in-laws allowed me to cultivate my own point of view as long as it arrived at common sense, something lacking within the left's mindset as a new study reveals that those within the left are more prone to mental illness. But without further delay, here's that passage from Righteous Indignation which echoes exactly the same thing I was thinking as I went through the process that Andrew Breitbart went through. I volunteered to fight in this war. I've risen through the ranks and now find myself on the front lines with an army of new media warriors following me into the fray. It is no longer a choice to fight. I am compelled to fight. The election of Barack Obama, facilitated by the Democrat media complex, that was aligned to usher him into his, quote, rightful and deserved, end quote, place in the Oval Office, was the tipping point for my full and unyielding commitment to this war. Why? Because I saw early on that this was literally a made-for-television candidacy. And here we are in 2020, and the Obama administration is currently under investigation by the Department of Justice all due to former Vice President Joe Biden's loose lips that are sinking the Democrat ship. He should have been the lead candidate for the Democrat Party, but what a sick joke it's become for him. Fifth, couldn't even get to 9% of the vote in New Hampshire, and now runs away with his tail between his legs to South Carolina, hoping to get some of that Obama vote in the South. It is awareness like that found in the cogent revelations of Andrew Breitbart that lead me to search for truth and the consequences of the lies within the Democrat Party, globalism, and anything else that would threaten mine and my fellow Americans' individual freedom.
The Iowa debacle all began with the traditional Des Moines Register poll being shut down after pollsters were accused of improper questioning, while Las Vegas bookies put Bernie Sanders ahead as the Miami Herald reported three major sports books, MyBookie, Bovada, and BetOnline, all have Sanders established as the chalk to win the Democratic Iowa caucus balloting. The DNC was clearly buckling at the thought of Bernie Sanders making Joe Biden look like a clown at the Oracle of Presidential Elections, the Iowa caucus. Okay, <laughs> the, idea that the, the idea of the caucus itself has failed to meet the viability threshold because we've all been saying the whole time, why Iowa in the first place? It's 90% white. You know, when you have, have a, a party as diverse as this to be in a state that's not diverse is terrible. And as CNN and Van Jones pushed the divide and conquer narrative, the votes weren't coming in. What is going on? We have mentioned in 2016, by this point, basically 90 percent plus of the vote was in. In every other modern Iowa Democratic caucus, the victory speeches had already been delivered. I can tell you the Iowa Democratic Party now isn't saying anything. We have reached out to them. We have asked them, are you having any particular issues? If you are having any particular issues, what are those issues? Do you have an ETA on when you will begin releasing results? No answer, no answer, no answer. We asked them if they would put a communications representative on the air to explain what's going on. No answer to that either. As you can see, we've been showing scenes from these precinct caucus sites around the state. You now have multiple precinct caucus sites where you've got cameras that are emptied out right now. They've had the vote. They've had the multiple rounds. Folks have left. There are tabulations that clearly have taken place in those precincts, and yet nothing has been reported out statewide at this point. Which is the fact that he's now waiting in the wings, waiting in Super Tuesday, uh, potentially to... Was it the app, who some reported reset itself, or as NBC reported, the Iowa Democratic Party said Tuesday that its new app, meant to speed up the reporting of caucus results, suffered from a coding issue that instead led to a significant delay in counting and reporting results. CNN's Wolf Blitzer had to stick his nose in it, only adding to the fair election mockery unfolding in Iowa. Sean, have you gotten any explanation at all as to what's going on? No, I have not. No. Uh, uh, I'm just waiting on hold and uh, doing my best to report the results from my precinct. What are you hearing? I know you're listening to a conversation uh, from the Iowa... Uh, Democratic Party. Um, so this is a real coincidence, Wolf. I just got off hold just now, so I've got to get off the phone to report the results. All right, uh, go ahead and report your results. Can we listen in as you report them, Sean? Yep. All right, let's listen. All right. <laughs> okay. Hi. Hello. They hung up on me. <laughs> they hung up on me. Okay, I've got to get back in line on hold. Oh. Um, they just hung up. It's uh, so frustrating indeed. Uh, Sean, uh, we're going to stay in close touch with you. Sean Sebastian from Story County out in Iowa, a precinct secretary. just wanted to report the results of the caucus there, and uh, clearly for an hour he was on hold, finally got through, and then all of a sudden uh, not happening now. The firm named Shadow, which was paid by both the Iowa Democratic Party and Pete Buttigieg's campaign, reportedly developed the app said to be responsible for the delayed election results in the Iowa caucus. And even though there were no results whatsoever, Pete Buttigieg, a financer of the app in question, declared himself victorious, taking the opportunity to bask in his own delusions. And tonight, Iowa chose a new path.
in churches and community centers and high school gyms, you joined your neighbors to say that the time has come to turn the page and open up a new chapter in the American story. But the big winner of the night was actually President Trump, who won a speedy victory as the New York Times had reported that President Trump netted over 26,000 votes or 96.8% of all those cast. The big question, other than where are the votes, was how was the DNC capable of screwing up or worse, manipulating something as simple and transparent as the Iowa caucus? One thing is clear, the Democrats have zero respect or patience for maintaining the responsibility to honor the vote of the people. Are they even fit to carry on as a political party within the Republic? John Bound reporting. We can look back at the beginning of February 2020 as a true roller coaster in American history that saw populism victorious over anti-American forces that were crushed under the weight of Providence, real popular opinion, and the hubris of their own statements. We must remove this president to protect our country. For the rest of his life, he's also going to... People are also going to remember he was impeached by the House of Representatives. He was. And as Nancy Pelosi kept saying, because she understood once the House was done what the outcome was going to be in the Senate forever, forever, forever. The impeachment only revealed the severity of the true threat that Democrats have become to the foundation of our republic. The Constitution requires that the House conduct the investigation, including calling witnesses, taking depositions, collecting evidence. And the Senate is charged to rule based on the evidence the House provides. This was designed this way for a very specific reason, very practical reason. And the House committees can investigate these charges while the rest of the House continues to do their legislative work. Unfortunately, in the Senate, when articles of impeachment are brought and sent to the Senate, the Senate, by constitutional law, must stop what it's doing, must open an impeachment hearing. While in informal, a formal impeachment hearing, the Senate cannot do anything else by law. It goes into legislative shutdown by law. In this case, if we were to call additional witnesses, then we would be setting a dangerous precedent for every future case. Democrats like Senator Coons of Delaware continued to spew statements like this. The legendary senator from West Virginia, Robert Byrd, rose and said, I think... My country sinks beneath the yoke. It weeps, it bleeds, and each new day a gash is added to her wounds. Don't the Democrats know that the rest of us are completely aware that they began as a pro-slavery party, created the Ku Klux Klan, saw to it that Margaret Sanger's extermination plan was carried out, and even in February of 2020 continue to immortalize bigots within their own party, as Coons did with exalted Cyclops, Robert Byrd. With regards to Hunter Biden, taking excessive advantage of his father's name is unsavory, but also not a crime. Given that in neither the case of the father nor the son was any evidence presented by the president's counsel that a crime had been committed, the president's insistence that they be investigated by the Ukrainians is hard to explain other than as a political pursuit. 
while Mitt Romney, a turncoat who claimed his religion guided his decision to convict the president, apparently doesn't realize we all know it's because Mitt Romney's top advisor, Joseph Kofer Black, sat on the same corrupt board at the Ukrainian energy company Burisma at the same time Hunter Biden was raking in millions for political influence. I don't like people who use their faith as justification for doing what they know is wrong. Nor do I like people who say, I pray for you, when they know that that's not so. But of course, the madness was hardly over. President Trump delivered a historic State of the Union, while the Democrats, like spoiled children, refused to stand for anything that didn't adhere to their hatred of true American values. Members of Congress, we must never forget that the only victories that matter in Washington are victories that deliver for the American people. We must always remember that our job is to Put America first. And now the Democrats are falling apart. They're, they're, this is not going particularly well so far. And why is Tom Perez still the chairman of the Democratic <laughs> National Committee? I have no idea. Uh, this party needs to, to wake up and... and Make sure that we talk about things that are relevant to people. We need to go back to 2018, where we had good, diverse, strong candidates that had real connections to the community and talked about real things. We don't need to become the British Labour Party. That's not that's not that's a bad thing. And as they face the backlash of the hell they brought upon the executive office and the American people, all anyone can say is that it's long overdue. John Bound reporting. Now the left, which from the outset was not completely taken seriously by the rest of us, it's like a nerd threatening to blow up the school with baking powder. But gradually, it's making its presence frustratingly known. Defying reason, national security, and general order within a civilization to spotlight their own brainwashed harassment of the general tax-paying public. Oh, uh, yeah, my name's Jeremy McKenzie. I'm a Canadian Forces Afghanistan combat veteran. I deployed the 2nd Battalion Royal Canadian Regiment in 2007 um, to fight these people, actually, to fight Omar Khadr's extended family. They all participate. They love the Taliban, which he was a member of. And uh, I absolutely detest and abhor the fact that you, they would even call him such a thing as a child soldier. Calling him a soldier at all is an insult to the Waffen-SS let alone me. These are not people that wear uniforms. These are not people that obey things like the rules of war or the Geneva Conventions. They use women and children as human shields. They burn people with acid for not reading the right magic books. They're horrendous. They're monstrous human beings. They were raping children. They didn't care. They would blow up their, as many of their own civilians as they would do us. It, ma it didn't matter at all. And now Canada is leaving $150 million on the table meant for veterans because, well, we just don't have the time for that. Well, the government spends more money since 1870 than, than any other government in Canadian history. So, and, and in this environment, no, we just don't have enough money. But we will make Omar Khadr, the Taliban terrorist, a multimillionaire. And we're going to tell everybody that's got a problem with that to leave the building and, and leave the premises, including me including other Canadian Forces veterans. And I have to be here to say this because many of the people from my platoon that were killed by Omar Khadr's little club aren't here to say that anymore. They're all dead. Chris Stanix isn't here anymore. Sergeant Donnie Lucas isn't here anymore. So that's why I'm here, because this is outrageous. This is a travesty. 
and I, I'm sick of I'm sick of staying home and staying on the couch and watching everybody just not say anything because this is wrong. This is not what Canada stands for. It's not the country that I signed up to fight for, and it is certainly not the country that those men and women died for when I was over there fighting against him and his family and his friends. So I guess I'm the bad guy now. If that's how it's going to be, then that's how it's going to be. Money. I know, like, I'm just a citizen, all right? Hey, what's the deal? That bridge is blocked, too. This is unfair. Like, I have to get across to the bridge. I got to be at my gym in six, at 6 o'clock. That bridge is blocked. This bridge is blocked. What's the deal? You know, you, are you trying to garner support? Because this is not the way to do it. You know, if I don't get there, I don't teach. So I got probably 40 people waiting for me. What I can tell you is that this we can't let you across this bridge right now. We've got people on the bridge. It's, it would be unsafe to let singular cars okay, through. Fair and enough, the fastest all of way. You people, I mean, I, I understand, okay, that you have a political point to make. You're against the pipeline, all that stuff. And you want to do this for your outlook on life. And I'm not arguing with your right to have that outlook. I might even agree with your outlook. But the point is, I need to get across the bridge. No. How am I supposed to do that? No. And of course, what would 2020 be without new numbers from the coronavirus as the sun sets here in the west and rises in the east overnight the new numbers for the coronavirus exploded as the world health organization put boots on the ground in the chaos that is wuhan and the outer reaches of the spreading virus an update of the numbers has us at 60,016 cases worldwide new criteria including clinically diagnosed cases that hadn't been included before brings us to 16,067 suspected cases, 1,355 fatalities, 8,070 in serious and critical condition, 5,611 that have recovered. Of course, most of the cases are in China, and there are now 25 countries reporting coronavirus cases. We are quickly approaching the 100,000 infected number, which, which judging by China's past propaganda campaigns regarding the SARS, the H1N1, avian bird flu, the melamine debacle, so on and so forth. They've always covered up the numbers. So they're saying 60,000 now. We're approaching 100,000, but what I'm going to guess is probably well over 100,000 already. Of course, coronavirus is affecting travel, tourism, international student programs and there's also a new never before seen virus in a lake in brazil named after a mermaid who lured soldiers underwater to their death yara virus where 90 percent of the yara virus genes have never been seen before according to the daily mail it's speculated to be a new virus that affects amoeba while we're getting new reports that a new case a second case in San Diego at the uh, San Diego County, California Air Base. The CDC is reporting a second case that a patient among the group that was under a federal quarantine after returning on State Department chartered flight that arrived at Marine Corps Air Station Miramar on February 7th, the second evacuee from Wuhan, China, under quarantine at the base tested positive for coronavirus. The first patient arrived at the base on February 5th, and she was the first evacuee from China to be known to be infected. They arrived in different planes. Errors by a hospital in San Diego and the CDC led to the first patient being sent back to the base instead of isolation at the hospital. 
Now, the New York Post reported that a British coronavirus super spreader who may have infected nearly a dozen other people was just released from the hospital after recovering. His tests have come back negative for COVID-19, as it's being called now, officially. Experts previously warned that highly contagious coronavirus carriers known as super spreaders could make the new outbreak more unpredictable and tougher to contain. Some patients might infect one or two people with a virus, while a super spreader could spread the illness to dozens. But here back in America, we're continuing the madness of the left and the Democrats' witch hunt on the current administration, trying to grapple that power, that uh, lightning rod of control from the hands of a populist president and Roger Stone still facing an undetermined amount of years in prison for basically doing nothing. In comparison, James Clapper, who perjured himself in Congress just two years ago, passed the statute of limitations. So his perjury has been wiped away. And what he said to the American people, lying to our faces, saying that we weren't being surveilled, has just become a part of history. As those that are made, those mafia dons that exist within our intelligence agency, our mafia FBI and CIA, those in the upper echelons, not the ones doing the the real work, but the ones controlling, continue to be a risk to the United States. But here we are in 2020, and Representative Ayanna Presley is convinced that women are still shackled to chains of oppression. The great poet and pioneer of righteous rage, Audre Lorde, once said, quote, I am not free while any woman is unfree, even when our shackles are different from, are very different from my own, end quote. The year is now 2020, and here we women are, still in so many ways, not fully free, still shackled. Today, I rise to affirm the humanity and the dignity of all women. I rise in strong, unapologetic, righteous support of H.J. Res 79, which will strike the arbitrary deadline for ratification of the Equal Rights Amendment, an amendment that should already be the law of the land. Women are the future, because if we don't get women to come in and stop some of the insanity that's going on because there's too much testosterone, we're in trouble. What can you learn by ambulating through the seething crowds of estrogen at the annual Women's March in Austin, Texas? Well, apparently men are evil, misogynistic scum. There, in a nutshell, is their classist, racist, neocolonial attitude towards women in need. And all of this is funded by you, the taxpayer. As our 80% male Texas legislature just topped up this fund to a staggering $38 million. The similarity to Margaret Atwood's Gilead's Red Centers to re-educate new handmaids is striking. I cannot accept that the 80% male Texas legislature squanders our money on crisis pregnancy centers that lie to and manipulate women. 
Also, white men need to be reconditioned to accept their white guilt and submit to Marxist feminism. I'm here today tabling on behalf of an organization called Undoing White Supremacy Austin. We're a local chapter of showing up for racial justice. And we organize white communities in Austin to support local racial justice organize local ra racial justice campaigns. And the numbers are way down this year in Austin, Texas. Can I just ask you the difference between this year and last year? Um, I think it's got a little bit of a different vibe this year. Um, I think well, right now we're mostly towards like the Roe v. Wade uh, section of the day, so it's kind of a little bit different than what the women's march is. I think we've had a good turnout. It's not as big as uh, as anybody buddy would you know, would like to have one like we had last year, but that's. That was a unique situation. So you couldn't walk around last year. Right. Why do you think that is? I don't, I don't think this had the um, publicity or the uh, mm. whatever. Were, were people angrier at Trump last year? Or has it died I think it off? It was an immediacy. Um, I think people were. There was an urgency last year that I don't think people are necessarily feeling in the same way this year. There's a certain amount of um, getting used to it. So last year, um, I think, uh, I don't remember which all organizations were here, but I think there's a greater representation for immigration. To safeguard over 130 legislators in this chamber, have endorsed legislation that would bankrupt our nation by providing free taxpayer-funded health care to millions of illegal aliens, forcing taxpayers to sub California passed an outrageous law declaring their whole state to be a sanctuary for criminal illegal immigrants, a very terrible sanctuary with catastrophic results. So I knew what was coming when I saw the compilation of falsehoods. And but then when I heard like the first quarter or third, I then I started to think there has to be something uh, that clearly indicates to the American people that this is not the truth. And uh, he has shredded the truth in his speech. He's shredding the Constitution in his conduct. I shredded his. It's bizarre that somebody could actually get up there and profess that women are still being held down by some kind of 50s and 60s mentality that no longer exists. And those people are great-grandparents and grandparents, and that time has reached its zenith. Growing up in the 70s, we were faced with the women's rights movement, the ERA, and single mothers, mothers gradually made their way into the workplace, and they never left. And the nuclear family, as it was known, was torn apart. Divorces became more common. Selfishness became the way of the family, where people went one path while another person went the other, and the family unit was only an afterthought. But that afterthought is my generation. A lot of people in my generation come from divorced families. They come from single mothers, single fathers. And for Ayanna Presley to insist that somehow the white man is keeping the woman down 
is so removed from reality that the only thing I think it says to the public is that she needs to be removed from office. Well, that's going to do it for John Bound Politics number 33. Thanks for listening. Keep your face and hands clean at all times during this coronavirus outbreak. You can find me at John Bound Politics on YouTube, at dailynewscollective.com, at Newsbound on Twitter, on the HC Universal Network, at band.video. Good night, America, wherever you